श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय हरि नाम प्रभु की जय श्री बृहत भगवतामृत की जय बहुत प्रमंदे हरि in the commentary of Sri Sanatana Goswami, we are discussing the Mangalacharan, the auspicious invocation to the text, which is the original book of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, the first book, and brought to light and commented upon by Sanatana Goswami, who is in many respects the father of the Sampradaya, although its its birth is really, in one sense, given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Chijiva Goswami has identified the Sampradaya as Chaitanya's own Sampradaya, distinguishing it from others, and in that way, as I said, making him the father, nonetheless it was raised, if you will, the child of the Sampradaya by by Sanatana Goswami in many respects, Rupa Sanatana, but Sanatana Prabhu is like the, like the architect of the Sampradaya. So, very important person to us. This book is foundational to Gaudi Sampradaya, as is his commentary, Vaishnava Toshini, on Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is the foundation of our Sampradaya. We've been discussing that to some extent the very heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the essence of all the revealed scripture, the supreme uh, scriptural evidence of pramana. And just what's in that Srimad Bhagavatam, no one has revealed that more to the world than uh, Sanatana Goswami and those following in the wake of his, his commentary. Even if you go to Vrindavan today, and there will be Bhagavat reciters here and there and so forth. Regardless of what lineage they are affiliated with, and it may not be Gaudiya lineage, for example, there are many Nimbarkis there and Ramanujas and so forth, and whatever their Sampradaya, if they're in Vrindavan, they're going to discuss the Bhagavat. And they're drawing from the commentary of Sanatana Goswami, Vishwanath Chakravitakur, who's coming, as I say, in the wake of Sanatana's commentary, Shijiva Goswami's commentary. So he's the, the person who really brought to light the significance of Srimad Bhagavatam, like no other. We heard how in his childhood he had a dream that a Brahmin was coming to his house to give him the Bhagavatam. He woke up in the morning and the Brahmin appeared at the door and gave him Bhagavatam. The, 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 the um, uniqueness of that dream aside, can be appreciated if we stop for a minute and think that uh, books weren't as ava- readily available in those days. There was no printing press in India. And, you know, the Brahmins kept the books in the temple and so forth. And so, that's so where he got a copy of Bhagavatam. And as a young man, he immersed himself in the study of that that text. We should follow his example. Don't think this is for old people or that you'll become serious about this only when you get old. <laughs> Sukhdev was only 16 years old. That should tell us something. Great speaker of the Bhagavatam. 
And he was speaking to an old man, the Raj Parikshit, in comparison. He was just, just, uh, just a child compared to the king. He educated the king. And Sanatana Goswami took this up at an early age. By the time he reached Vrindavan, at the, um, under the direction of Chaitanya Dev, who told him to go there and to excavate the places of Krishna's pastimes, to establish the worship of Radha and Krishna, the deity worship of Radha and Krishna, to write books, to draw from the revealed scriptures and compile books about Bhakti, Bhakti Shastra, and to establish the behavior for codes of behavior, social life, if you will, how the Vaishnavas of Chaitanya Dev would conduct themselves. These things he was ordered to do. He went to Vrindavan. In that order, he was uh, only maybe just turning 30 when he arrived there. Such a responsibility he was left with. When my Guru Maharaj left the world, I was about 29. So you should prepare yourself to take some responsibility to carry on this great thing. We've been talking at some length what how significant this Sambradaya is, how it goes so much to the heart of the very nature of, of reality, the love life of, of Bhagawan. Important topic. And somehow, well, we are all coming to, together to discuss this. We have some interest in this. There's a background to that. These types of gatherings are meant to bring out that background, bring it to the foreground that you might remember what you're about. Not everybody in this world will become a devotee of Krishna, at least not right away. And how many are there? How many people are there in the world? <laughs> there's no limit to that. How many jivas are in the material world? There's no there's unlimited jivas. So amongst them you're coming forward for this. There's a reason for that. You have some sukriti. So these meetings are meant to draw upon that sukriti, to increase that wealth, inner wealth, and help you to grow in such a way that you can take advantage of this inheritance. You have wealth, but it's being held back a little bit also. Just as if you get an inheritance, but you're too young to spend it, then the court may put some restriction on that. So this is to help you grow so that you can take that wealth. To understand it. You have to understand a little bit of theory. It detects your, your intelligence a little bit. So these books are for that. So this way, Sanatana Goswami, he like he like took that uh, child of the Sampradaya that was uh, given birth by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he raised that, gave some form to that. I mean, like the architect laid a foundation with his commentaries on Bhagavat. This original text here, the first text of the Sampradaya, Brihad Bhagavatamrita, it's basically as we'll hear as we go on, the essence of of Srimad Bhagavatam in so many ways. And how we shall identify ourselves physically, like you know, wearing the mark that comes from Sanatana Goswami, how to wear the tilak, how it will be applied, with which finger, <laughs> what, what time to put on, and, and so on and so forth, how to dress, how to eat, and as a Godia, all this comes from Sanatana Goswami and his Hari Bhakti Vilas, drawing from the 
Magamas and, and, and Tantras and uh, Pancharatra literature and so forth. So he raised that this uh, child of the Sampradaya like a father. And as I mentioned the other day, when he left the world in Vrindavan, everybody, man, woman and child, shaved their head. It was a custom. If the family's father died, then everybody in the family would shave their head. So Nathan Goswami, they was sometimes called Munda Baba, means shaved Baba. He used to always keep his head shaved. But the people of Vrindavan, of the Braj, upon his passing, everybody, man, woman, and child, shaved their head, as if to say, without thinking about it, he like our father. We're so close to him. He cared for us so much. It's not just a bunch of foreign words and rules and regulations and so forth. This is not what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is about. Some religious dogma. No, it's it's a it's it's a feeling. Affection, love. This is how Krishna rules. This is why he's supreme. Not by any force, but the force of affection, which is a non forceful force. <laughs> You cannot resist it. You cannot resist it. But it is exercised without any force. Natural. He is all attractive. Jiva Goswami says more than that. Irresistible. This is Krishna. By the force of affection and love. And so, in the parampara, Guru Parampara, this same thing should be coming. It is said in scripture, one must accept a guru. What does it mean? Not like a law, but I must do that. It's a feeling. I must. I must take help here. Take shelter. This is good. I can feel it. This is good for me. Not only good for me, but it's accommodating. Love is accommodating. It's not a question of space. Mahaprabhu lived in a small room, only about six by eight by eight, something like that. Stone room in Puri. So much love there. He had. You know, if you love, then you could you could live in a closet. It doesn't matter if you have someone that you you love. Then <laughs> that's so big, so spacious. You have my permission to reduce your, <laughs> your situation. <laughs> so another topic, but so with affection anyway. This is uh, this is coming to us out of affection, and we'd be charmed by it. Not commanded, but charmed by it. You have to follow. So in this way, the people of the Braj, they, they, they felt the connection with Sanatana Goswami. And this, we take opportunity like this to discuss about him and his literature in which he lives and so forth and so on. And we can also develop affection for him, feel his affection for us. And then take part in those things which will draw the attention of Krishna this is how we should look at what's sometimes called rules and regulations. And the way, if you adjust your life, it will attract Krishna's attention. Like a young girl, if a young girl knows, every day I go down the street this way and that young man comes the other way, and she has a crush on him, so she wants to get his attention, she finds out something that he likes she finds out who his favorite color is yellow, so she wears a yellow dress. 
to get his attention. He stops. She knows he likes uh, cookies, so she just happens to have a bag of them with her. <laughs> so, you know, buying the yellow dress, putting that on, baking the cookies and so forth. It's all for attracting his attention. So this is how we look at our vidhi. There's some vidhi, some rules, but it's not, they're not really rules. We've heard, we have seen. Others who have Krishna's attention, they do like this. So we'll also follow like that. Maybe he'll take notice of us. After all, he took notice of Putana. She only dressed like a gopi. She had bad intentions. Krishna noticed her and gave her a special benediction. Of course, we should do more than just dress like devotees. We should be devotees. <laughs> so, this way we are discussing one of the books of Sanatana Goswami and we are discussing the Mangalacharan. So, that is the auspicious invocation. And thus far, we have heard through the invo invocation in a kind of a code, uh, secret language, it's packed in there, in, the, in, in invoking the auspiciousness of, of Krishna, the, the favor of Krishna, the blessing of Krishna, the blessing of Mahaprabhu, the blessing of the gopis, headed by Radha, he has indicated to us what the book is about. There are two parts to the book. So we've heard the first part of the book is about the gopis' love for Krishna, Radha's love for Krishna. How this love is that which draws the greatest, the, the most reciprocation from Krishna. Now there's another part to the book, second part to the book. What is the second part of the book? After Sanatana Prabhu establishes through the words of so many great devotees that the preem of Radha, love of Radha for Krishna, this is the perfection of devotion. This draws everything from Krishna. When Krishna is standing next to Radha, then we have Swayam Bhagwan. He cannot manifest four arms in her presence. Impossible. It means her love is equal to him. Her love is non-different from him. Achintya Veda Veda. So if we want to know him, then we will look to her. And we will look to the combination of the two, particularly in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, through whom the two have come to us. So one part of the book is this love. And second part of the book then is about the place that corresponds with this love. And wouldn't you like to go there? Is the idea. So place uh, corresponds with consciousness. It's like you ask people, where are you at? Although you may be standing in the same place, you know he's somewhere else or she's in another place because their mind is somewhere else, their consciousness is somewhere else. So reality is very much more subjective than it is objective. Again, we come to this point, feeling rules. It's like we say, I know Maharaj, but I feel like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay, well, just adjust it like this. Do it, but do it like that. And just keep it in, in connection with, with 
with a higher ideal of life somehow or other. This is the business of the guru, at least to some extent, anyway, to reel us in, so to speak. So we have many interests and in many things. You try to make bring those interests in connection with Krishna consciousness. So they may not take us away, but will gradually bring us into the center. So, place, there's a place that corresponds with Krishna consciousness. And here now, in this part of the Mangalacharan, he begins to describe something. He, he offers his respect to this place in a fourfold way, to the overall circle of the Leela of Krishna, we call Mathura Mandal. And within the Mathura, Mathura Mandal, to certain places, particular places, Vrindavan, Jamuna, places and, and things, Gobardhan. This way he seeks to get their blessing. These places, these things, they can have power to bless Giri Gobardhan. What power does he have? We'd have to come to that. But standing high above the brudge, he sees everything. There's no pastime about Krishna that he doesn't know about. That's why devotees worship him. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu kept the stone of Govardhan. You know, everything is in this stone. Everything worth knowing is in this stone. He knows it all. He can show it to me. Jamuna can give everything. Vrindavan, that special place within Mathura, where Sanatha himself was residing at this time. So he begins to glorify these places in the hopes that they will, will bless him. Coming to know these places, these things, this is coming to know our Gurudev. Pujapad Bhakti Dr. Shadev Goswami Marsh once gave a beautiful explanation of Das Goswami's Guru Pranam. He said, Nama Shreshtam Apisachiputra Matra Swarupam Tasyagra Jatam Urupurim Madhavim Goshtim Gostavatam, Radha Kundam, Girivaram, Aho Radhika, Madhavasyam, all these things. So, Giri Govardhan, Radhakund, Vrindavan, Namashrestam, the highest conception of the name given by the son of Sachi, to be in touch with Sarup, Rup, and Sanatan, to understand the connection through Rupa Sanatha between Vaidhi Bhakti and Rag Bhakti, how, how there's a connection between the two. Ordinarily there appears to be no connection. One is going to Vaikuntha, other is going off the map to Brajaloka. But through the teaching of the Goswami we find, oh, there's a way to connect them in such a way that one complements the other. So we, don't, we won't veer towards Vaikuntha. We can go in that direction of Braj, where we have no taste, for which we have no taste. Still, we can head in that direction without taste. <laughs> that's the whole land is moving by that. The whole impetus is for going is based on that. But we have some interest in those who have gone. Sadhus, so. In this way, anyway, this, to understand this connection properly so that we can be firmly on the path and to come in touch with Radhakund, Yamuna, Gobardhan, all these things. And Pujipachita said, when we understand these things, when we come in with the vicinity of all these things, then we can say we've understood the mission of our Guru Maharaj. 
this is what it's about. Another fellow told me, when I told him, he said, no, that's not our, our it's about book distribution. <laughs> I said, you have to read those books, too. This is the whole thing. You have to read those books. It's not just for selling them. So, first then, the overall area, Mathura Mandal, he glorifies. Jayati Mathura Devi Shrestha Purishu Manorama Parama Daita Kamsarate Jani Stitiranjita Durita Haranam Mukter Bhaktir Api Pratipadanaj Jagati Mahati Tat Tat Krida Kathastu Vidurata. All glories to Mathura Devi, the best of holy cities. There are two things here. There's Mathura Mandal, the greater area, and then there's the actual city of Mathura. He wants to glorify both. With regard to the city, first he says, glories to Mathura Devi, the best of holy cities. So there are mentioned in the sh in scriptures a number of holy cities, eight I believe, holy cities. You can find that in Gopal Tapani, Upanishad, edition of which we've published with commentary. You may have studied that. Another text. And amongst these holy cities on earth, like Kanchi and uh, Haridwar and, and so forth, uh, there are so many, seven, eight, then they all give some, said to give some benediction. He says here, this Mathura is the best of them. In Gopal Tapani, it's called Gopal Puri, the city of the cowherd people, cow protectors. I mean, in other words, in the whole of the, the Braj, this is the big city. This is the Helsinki of the countryside of Finland, like that. This is the big city, where the sophisticated people, in comparison to the country people, live. <laughs> educated people, and so forth. It's the best of holy cities, amongst all those holy cities, for a number of reasons. It is said about Mathura, it's said about holy places, that if you go to these holy cities, then you can be purified from the reactions to sins committed in the past. So they have some power, it's said. But it is also said that if in those places you commit sins, then it makes like a hard shell, like a diamond, which is so hard, over your heart. So it's, you have to be very careful there also. That means it's difficult to overcome then that kind of reaction that would accrue from uh, committing sins in a holy place. But about Mathura, it is said that the sins that are committed in other holy places, if you go to Mathura, then you can overcome all of those. <laughs> and what about the sins committed in Mathura? Said, she doesn't take notice of those either. Now, of course, sins are one thing. Piety is another. If you go to other holy places, you will overcome your sins and you will get piety. But the beauty of Mathura is that you won't get piety. If you get the real benediction of Mathura, you won't get piety and you won't get 
any sinful reactions. No pap and no punya. What did Kaviraj Goswami write? He said, I'm so fallen, author of Chaitanya Charitamrita, that if you, if anyone hears my name, they will lose their piety. And if anyone says my name, they'll get impiety. It's hard for us to hear such a thing, but there's a way to think about it. And it brings, comes to mind when thinking of Mathura also. We don't want piety. We don't want good karma. That'll be a problem for us. Anarthas can come from this also. He's going along nicely. She's practicing devotional service happily. But some motive, the impetus for that may have been her condition, her material condition to some extent. Ultimately, it comes from Sukriti, but still it will be driven in early stages by different things. Not by taste, not by love, by prospect, sense of what I might get out of it for myself, by fear, what will happen to me if I don't, or out of duty I might perform it. So many psychological conditions and so forth may drive our, our practice before real bhakti comes within our heart. It even is mentioned in Gita, different reasons for taking to shelter of Krishna. Arto jignasurarta ti jnani chabratarshava. So maybe one doesn't have good material means. They become, many poor people become devotees. <laughs> in India, it's, it's, uh, it's common. Well, can't do anything else. Might as well become a sadhu. Get free meals. I'm living pretty austerely already as it is. So, but anyway, if a young person or any person is practicing, then maybe they are some, to some extent motivated like this, and then suddenly they get an inheritance, or then some good karma is coming to them, they may become distracted by that. Sukritartha, some kind of anartha coming from pious activities that one has performed in the past. So we don't want any impediment. We don't want punya. So we should chant Krishna Das Kaviraj's name. We should hear his name. We don't want any punya. <laughs> this is the idea. And as far as pop goes, sins, sarvadharman pratyajja. We want that. Mamekam shadanam braja. This is what we want. Krishna says, sin and come to me. <laughs> this is, gopis are the example. Isn't it? He played the flute. What did it say? Sin. <laughs> Give up your children, your, your families in the middle of night. Break the social norms, the religious principles. Do you want me? <laughs> I'm over here. Your whole life you've learned what to do and what not to do. And now I'm playing my flute a different song. You want me? have to go against all those things. So, we would chant the name of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami Mahashaya Ki Jai. Let us become impious like that. Apicca Tudaracharo Bhajate Mamananya Bhak. 
Sadhureva samantavya samyagavasito itasa. Same thing. And our Bhaktivinoda Paribar Thakur Bhaktivinoda has made the comment. One who says, Chipram bhavati dharmatma sasvat chantim nigachati kauntaya pratijanihi name bhakta pranashati. It means this. That person who says loudly, goes through the street with a big drum and a horn and announces to the world that those people who look like they're very misbehaved but are actually bhaktas. They're actually bhaktas. Not just misbehaved and looking like bhaktas. <laughs> they're actually bhaktas. Like gopis. They're actually devotees. Verse says what? Apichet sudaracharo bhajatiyam anandyabhak Hebanandyabhak Undeviated bhakti for Krishna. Undeviated love for Krishna. They're fixed on Him. But from a worldly point of view, they appear to be perhaps like gopis uh, impious. Don't think like that for a minute. That person who says, who glorifies them, who glorifies their misdeeds, their sudarachar, their very, not, not, not bad behavior, but sudarachar, very bad behavior. Who glorifies them in the street with a drum and a trumpet and saying, pointing to them, that person will soon become elevated. So, this matura like this will move us in this direction. Best of the holy cities. Such a pious place. Transcendentally pious. There are no rules for entering matura. Is another of its glories, its generosity. You don't have to have done anything previously, like if you prepare to go to a holy place, there are certain things in Scripture that say you should do. No such qualifications for going there, for living there. To put it like this, it is as generous as Krishna himself. It is not different from him. There, it is said in Bhagavat, Nityam Sanihito Hari, Mathura is that place where Hari always resides. Hari, that is the favorite name of Krishna in Mathura Mandal. Hari means who steals away. They think of it like this. It's Hari. Krishna is Hari. We like to say Hari Nam more commonly than Krishna Nam. Hari Nam. <laughs> it means he's who stole away my heart. They feel, this is the favorite name of, in the Braj for Krishna, practically. Most common. He's to, who stole our heart. At Harinam will steal your heart. Pujapat Maharaj gave a nice example to help us appreciate the affectionate nature of Krishna Nam, Harinam. He said there were two policemen and they were arguing with one another, were discussing, and one said, you know, it's a good for us, lucky thing that our that Krishna is a thief. The other policeman said, what do you mean? That's the whole problem. We're trying to get everybody to follow the laws and our God's a thief. I was thinking it was our biggest problem. And the fellow said, no, you don't understand. He said, I mean like this. That a thief does not care for high walls and locked doors. And that's what we have erected around our heart. High walls and we've locked the door. There we think we've got something very valuable in our heart. Just like if I speak to you, then 
you're going to listen with your head and you're going to make sense then you're going to let it go into your heart and if it doesn't make sense you're going to hold back but it go in anyway who has realization in whose heart Krishna has gone from that heart we should get Krishna now in whose heart these two syllables are dancing Krishna that person has a necessity what did Rupa Goswami say what is his necessity need more tongues more ears to be able to take advantage of what's going on what these two syllables are doing to me that person needs some students more ears please help more tongues please help me he's pleading help this name is is driving me wild making me mad I'm losing consciousness of the world students will keep him here for a little bit help him take advantage of that Christian Nam hmm? this Nam goes from comes from his heart dancing on his or her tongue and from her tongue it goes into enters through our ears and into our heart even if we it doesn't make sense to us or we're not interested going anyway doesn't care a little aggressive lover goes in then captures the heart unlocks the doors they, we're, we're protecting we think we have something valuable there our sense of self that resides in the heart it's all our attachments we are our attachments our I is defined by our sense of my materially speaking so many attachments in the heart this is our self Krishna doesn't care enters there puts everybody out of business offering something more valuable and less ex less expensive so cannot resist such a deal said in, in, in my country that if you can't beat them then join them English saying <laughs> so so that place Mathura Mathura Mandal it is a glorious place the best of all holy cities Sanatan says she enchants the mind she is most dear to the enemy of Kangsa there Kangsa was killed who was Kangsa and how was he killed you see the picture of Krishna straddling over Kamsa like this? Have you seen? But did he punch him? No. How could he punch his uncle? That would not be appropriate. This is how Krishna thought. Even though, in spite of all of his atrocities, and every single demon, we think, well, that was a big one. That's the Keshi, or this Agasura, Putana. They seem more fearsome in one sense than Kamsa. But you should know, all of them had been conquered by Kamsa. Every single one of them was subordinate to Kamsa. They were doing his beck and call. Whatever he ordered, they would do. So it was his power, how demonic he was. But Krishna just looked at him like, well, he's my uncle, what can I do? He didn't punch him, but he scared him to death. He was preoccupied <laughs> with Krishna thinking of him fearfully practically his whole life ever since the oracle came that the eighth son of Devaki will, will be your, your death so he jumped from the wrestling match into the arena straddled him here I am 
and that was it. <laughs> he died <laughs> at the very sight of Krishna. So all these demons, Thakur Bhaktivinoda has helped us to look at them in a, in a thoughtful way, like Anarthas. So in Mathura, then the, the chief of all these Anarthas was slain, died of the fear of Krishna. It is said about Krishna Nam that fear personified is afraid of him. Bhagavatam tells us. So, she enchants the mind. She is most dear to the enemy of King of Kangsa, and she is adorned with his birthplace. This is one of the birthplaces of Krishna, the well-known place, born in Mathura. So this is this is one of her most beautiful ornaments. The city of Mathura is acclaimed throughout the world for dispelling misery, bestowing liberation and devotion. Not to mention the various pastimes the Lord played here. So these are the important things. That it gives devotion. That the Lord took his birth there. The Lord performed so many wonderful pastimes there. For these reasons, Sanatana Goswami is is fond of this place and asking the blessing of this place. In this place, again, it is said, Nityam Sanjito Hari. Hari is always present there. Bhagavatam says it. So, in this place, Sanatana Goswami wants to glorify the place. He's beginning to glorify the place that corresponds with the highest love, in a general sense, the Mathura Mandal. And within that, he starts with the city of Mathura. And then he will go from there. From Mathura to Vrindavan. This is the route that Krishna took via Vasudev. From Mathura, crossing the Jamuna to uh, Gokul. From Gokul, crossing the Jamuna to Vrindavan itself at the foot of, of Giri Govardhan. So, before we continue, any questions? Yes. If a person goes to the spiritual world, say, or returns to the spiritual world, say, say Sanatana Goswami, how present is that person after that in this world? For example, when we speak about Sanatana Goswami, or if we would pray to Sanatana Goswami, or something like that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Will, will that person be, be present here as well? Yes. Because, as much as you pray, then you are there. Do you understand? <laughs> that is what that place is about. So it is a place, but as I began, place of what? What is a place? What is an object? What is a place? What is a stone? It's a conception, isn't it? We're calling it a stone. Who are we? We're conceiving of it as such. If matter mattered independently of consciousness, then who would know about it? Who would care? So consciousness is everything. Where we are in the mind, in a sense, in our heart, is where we are. Regardless of where we're sitting. Like Prabhupada used to say, I'm sitting here, but a fly is on my lap close to me, but we are far apart, hopefully. 
lifetimes apart in terms of consciousness. So we, Sanatana Prabhu, our Guru Parampara teaching Krishna consciousness. So, as much as we are conscious of them, their teachings, applying them in our life, petitioning them, then we've gone there. Hmm? This is the vehicle, the means by which they can be contacted by faith, by Shraddha. It's a land of faith. Now we live in a land of doubt. We're moving with hesitation, with caution, proceeding with caution. We're guided at best by our intellect. But we want to, we want to live in a land where we're free to move according to our heart without any caution. But we don't have to read the label, what's inside, before we eat it. At home, mother says, eat this. You don't say, what's in it? You might, but it's a different culture. But yeah. Eat this, you in order. But what's behind the order? You know, affection, faith, love, and so forth. So you can move freely at home. Home is in the heart, not in the head. We should use our head only to soften our heart. This is Krishna consciousness. So, Vrindavan is like this, especially Vrindavan. It's the land of the heart. Free movement. So, by coming in Krishna consciousness, then we come in touch with all these things. This is the point. So, yes. He's present here as much as we are present there. Don't be here. Be there now. One fellow said, be here now. Be there now. <laughs> there is here. And also, then, he's present in Gorlila, and the Gorlila is in the Sankirtan of the Holy Name. All the Brajmandal is there also, no doubt. But more overtly, and easier for us to approach and feel uh, affinity for and um, connection with Gaur-lila, where, where Krishna, as we heard this morning, Krishna is coming as one of us, not only as a human, but as a devotee. Present in the book. What's the book? His, he has given his whole heart to this. He's given everything that he could voice in, in a pen and put on paper. His whole heart is revealing it here. It's like a letter to you. Here. It's how I feel about things. Let me share it with you. So if we approach that with love and affection, then we can feel His presence. It's not He's dead and gone. It's not like that. Therefore, Taku Bhakti would note, what did He say? Vaishnavas die to live and living, their presence still in sound, He said. What is it? They die to live and living try to spread the holy name around. Vaishnavas don't die, something like that. But they live forever in sound. Sound. So therefore we sing his name. Vande Sri Rup Sanatan. Vande Rup Sanatan. Ragu Yagoshi Jiva Gopalako. This is a purpose of this kind of gathering to develop some affinity for such people. This is our family. One of the elders, a 
like I said the other day, you're cons people are concerned about their family tree and what my relative did back then. And if you find out your your relative was a some great Finnish person, you get all excited about it. And, but this, look at what kind of relative you have, Sanatan Gosami. This is your your family. What else? Yes. Well, you're not in control. That's that's true. So, any sense of that is uh, maybe maybe useful. That's the whole idea of Maya means to to measure, to try to bring things under our control. This is what we're preoccupied with, trying to control the whole thing, but we can't stop trying. But I mean by that that we should develop in our sadhana and in our practice in such a way that we're, we're actually living as sadhaka. Sadhaka is not a, is not a buddha-jeeva, not a mukta-jeeva, not a conditioned soul, not a liberated soul. It's in-between category. Partly liberated, partly conditioned. Conditioned as much as we remain attached to material sense objects and so forth, and liberated as much as we are attached to Krishna. And this, this attachment for Krishna, which is what this bhakti is all about, love for Krishna, this is developing in spite of your attachments. That's the whole idea. In spite of your attachments, it's, this is the generosity of bhakti, you see. You, you can't do this in yoga. and, and, and yeah, You can't make any progress in yoga without detachment. You can't make any progress in gyan. Gyan won't come in your heart unless you're detached, unless your heart is pure. Bhakti is not like that. You can have all type of material desires. Bhakti will still come. Bhakti means loving Krishna, attraction for Mahaprabhu. These are real people, as real as it gets. Everything else is just like a dream. People we meet, things we do. So the more that comes into focus, then naturally we, lo we lose interest in other things. But our situation may be that we have certain res responsibilities and they can, those things can be attended to, we can deal with them. Out of habit, just kind of goes on. You don't put a lot of thought into it, just like you don't put a lot of thought into brushing your teeth or something like that. You just do it. You don't think, well, what kind of brush will I use? and What paste will I use? and Maybe I'll get a new mirror to look at it another way. Just can you just do it? You just brush your teeth and clean your hands and wash your hair and these kind of things. Society is so materialistic that they try to make a big thing out of it. Actually, what kind of toothpaste will you? What kind of shampoo and so forth? But but anyway, what to speak of those things? It should come to all of what we need to do to maintain our life and different standards of life are there for different types of people. 
different types of sukriti and so forth. All that will go on automatically, but, but I'm living for something else. This is a sadhaka. My passion is something else. My fun is something else. It's like everybody works and they have fun money and fun time. And then proportionate to the extent to which I find I want to use my fun money, my fun time for Krishna consciousness, then I know to what extent I'm living for Krishna consciousness, even though it appears I'm doing so many other things by force of circumstance. I'm not a yati, let's say, a sannyasi, a monk, monastic, living in the forest. Grihe tako, vane tako, sadahari vole tako. Vaishnavar kriyamurda vignena bujai. Difficult to understand who is a Vaishnav, what is the motive. Because they may be doing all kinds of things that don't look characteristically, typically, like what people would think in a stereotypical outlook of what is a sadhu. They might, but they might not. Hmm? You know, the story of Pundarik Vidyaniti, when Garadhar Pandit saw him, he thought, what's this? Mukunda told him, there's a great Vaishnav coming to, coming to town, and I know you like Vaishnavas, so come with me. They went, there was Pundarik Vidyaniti riding on a palanquin, smoking a hookah, people fanning him on each side and so forth, eating grapes, peeled grapes and so forth. So what, a Vaishnava like this? He's just an, en uh, an enjoyer. The Mukunda could understand, oh, Garadhar has not, is, could make an offense here. So he began to sing a song from Bhagwat, a verse from Bhagwat. What did he say? Oh, like verse of Uddhava. Oh, Bakiyam, Stanakhalakutam. Oho bakiyam stanakalakutam. How merciful is Krishna? Who in their right mind would take shelter of anybody else? Putana came to him, smearing her breast with poison, with the desire to kill him. To have him suck her breast like a mother and kill him. How insidious. And still he gave, he just treated her like a mother. Gave her Vatsalya Bhav, Vatsalya Rati. He quoted this verse. Pundarik is, is Radharani's father. This is a Vatsalya Bhakti. He has some Vatsalya Bhakti for Krishna. He heard this verse and he fell off the palanquin, began to froth at the mouth on the ground, went into a trance. People thought, oh, he's having that epileptic fit again. Hmm? But Mukunda could understand, Karada could understand. Oh. He's a Vaishnav of very high caliber. Garadhar is Radharani herself in Gorlila. So she went back, he went back to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who said, I committed a great offense today. What is that? I offended a Vaishnav. With your permission, I would like to take initiation from him. So Garadhar took initiation from her father, Pundarik Vidyanidhi, Vishabhanu Raj, Radhika's father, appearing in in Gorlila. So the point is here, difficult always to understand the activities of a Vaishnav, to trace out the heart and the motive. It's all about motive. Generally, we, as sadhakas, we do recommend a certain type of behavior and so forth, and by which we'll set an example for others. But there's some leeway within that. And what will be the standard? Don't judge by any other criterion than this. Is he, is she, 
following her guru? Does she have the blessings of her guru? Does he have the blessings of her guru? Then everything fine. And one guru may say a little different to another guru, and one guru may say different to one disciple and different to another disciple, and so forth. One he says, yes, keep money. Other says, don't keep any money. One he says, you chant this many rounds. The other says, don't worry about the chanting. Just do this. We'll come to this also, tomorrow's discussion about Vrindavan. What is Vrindavan? Numatsar. No envy. So at any rate, my point is that your sadhana, your practice, your it's really, it's not any particular thing. There may be a prescribed sadhana, as I say, for one and different for another. It's a cultivation of of love for Krishna, consciousness of Krishna. And my interest rises in that to do things, uh, spend my time, my free time, my, uh, they say, disposable income in Krishna consciousness. That's my real interest. Then you know you're making progress in spite of what you may be doing. And those things are going on kind of without a lot of thinking about them. Or there may be a lot of thinking about them. That's another thing. But I'm not attached to them. I'm attached to something else, to Krishna. It's very difficult to understand Vaishnavism. But we try. Does that help? What else? Anything? Any question? Yes, Prabhu. When was Brihad Bhagavatamrita written? I've heard that that uh, the third verse indicates that it would have been written during the time of of Lord Chaitanya's presence. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. In the presence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Vrindavan. He was commissioned, as I said earlier, to go to Vrindavan and write. There he wrote. He didn't meet Mahaprabhu again after that order until he came later to Puri. He did his book writing in Vrindavan. It was written in Vrindavan. In fact, in the next verse it is mentioned, indicated. He wrote it in Vrindavan. As you said in the third verse, indicated he wrote it during the presence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I mean, when Mahaprabhu was manifest. So it has the full blessing of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Authorized book. Any other question? Yes. Um, Maturanath. Yes. I think it was the last discussion we had. You mentioned that that we we want happiness, and that's true. We all want happiness. But when people say that in order to, to feel happiness, that there also has to be some distress. Polarities have to exist in order to feel each one of them. So, I don't know, I have a hard time to grasp the fact eternal happiness where there's no distress. So how can I think about it? One thing is, the nature of that spiritual happiness is that it's always fresh, always new, and always increasing. So while there's no distress factor, and although it's unlimited, it's always increasing. This is one of the wonderful things about Radha's love. Although it's unlimited, it's always expanding. We can just tell you that. You have to experience it for yourself to know. 
<laughs> Kaviraj Goswami has made the point. Although it is, appears to be crooked, it's pure. Although it appears to be questionable and inappropriate, it's pure. Although it is unlimited, it is always increasing. So, does that help? If it's always increasing, then you'll know. Yeah. If it's always fresh and new, it never becomes stale. Now another thing. This Braj Bhakti is like like a river. It's like an ocean, let us say. Like an ocean. Ocean has a high tide. Oh, no, you drown in that. An ocean has a low tide. Right? So this... This is real love, you see. This is the full face of love. This isn't just love of God. That is a shallow thing in comparison. Love of God is not... Uh, uh, the full face of love. You know what love is, so you're talking about it to me. You're talking about happiness. So love, same thing. Love is like a roller coaster, Shh, up and down. She loves me, she loves me not. Does she love me? Do you love me? Is everything okay? Yeah, how do you feel? Oh, you're always doubting your love, even though you're in love. The, the, the two are doubting one another and seeking assurances. And This is the, uh, the nature of love, young love especially. So love of Krishna is like this. So like the ocean rises and, and recedes, like Sambhog and Vipralamba like two banks on the side of the rivers, union and separation. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's union and separation coming together. Union and separation. So there's union and then there's separation. That is your unhappiness that you said you needed <laughs> to know that you would be happy. You have plenty of that. In the, in the morning, just after breakfast, take a little rest, Krishna will go into the forest for eight, nine, ten hours. Those who don't go with him, his friends, cows, they'll be feeling the dark night of the soul, separation. When Gop Kumar, second part of Goloka Mahatmya section of the Spirit Bhagavatamrita, when he entered Goloka, he entered Goloka, final destination. He saw the people and they were all just kind of moping around. Nobody would talk to him. They were in like a trance, just like kind of spaced out. It was beautiful and wonderful and they were extraordinary, but you couldn't quite figure out what, what was going on. And then the sound came. Cows are mooing. Christian's blowing his buffalo horn. A cloud of dust is coming from the herds of cows, thousands and millions of cows, and cow herds jumping like this, slapping their legs, slapping their arms. Ramo, Ramo, Mahabahu! Doing kirtan like this. cloud of dust is so big that the sun is covered, but it's brighter than a, like noon sun. Krishna's coming back from the forest. Everyone's heart is shining, appearing on their face. They all came to life. From Vipralamba, Sambhog, he returned. And he goes in the forest. Hmm? 
gopis are left behind. They have to rendezvous with him. At a certain point, some cowherds are left behind. With a few, he says, makes an excuse to go to Shamkund. Takes a few, leaves the rest with Balram. <coughs> they have to feel it, some separation from him. So everybody feeling this. Vipralambas, Samboga. Separation and union. Similar idea. When people say, well, if you're going to be happy, if there's no distress, how will you know what happiness is? <laughs> I don't know how real accurate that, that that's. I, a lot of people say that, but I don't I don't think that happiness... Well, that's be only because happiness is, I guess, in this world, mitigating distress. And it's pervaded by distress, so happiness has to be related to it. But if the world is pervaded by happiness... So, this way. Does that help? So that is the unhappiness. Separation. But it's also happy. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's painful, nonetheless. Spiritually painful. What else? Yes? Uh, you said that we have to follow certain rules and regulations to get Christmas attention. Then what about other spiritual paths and maybe religions? Can we see there regulations as similar ways to get God's attention? Um, I don't know. I guess we'd have to analyze uh, their ideal. I don't know if they would think of it like that. Is there any particular example that you're thinking of? I see. Well, getting his attention is not dependent on those things. And I've already explained that. You may not be able to do those things. You may still get his attention. This is a, such is the nature of bhakti. We don't say, first follow these rules, then chant. We say, chant first. And then as you chant, you think, this is good. And you hear about it, and you want, to, you want to take advantage of it. Then you find out certain things may help you to take advantage of that. So then you want to do that. The impetus to do that comes, to forego certain things that will, won't be helpful. This is the idea. The bhakti comes to us anyway. It's really a religion of no rules. That's, that's really what it is. It's, it's about love. But, obviously, if you love someone, then you want to do all those things that will foster that love. So this has to be the center, you see, the driving force. Those things that will cause that love to develop and, and grow, I want that as I start to understand it and, and, and get some of it. It comes to you anyway. Therefore, the Bhagavad says, what does it say? End of Raslila. Those Vikriditam Rajabadubiridam Chavishnu this pastimes of the Brajabadu, the wives of Krishna, 
Bhaktim Param Pratilabdhikamam Hridrogam Ashpapahinoti Atirena Dhira There is a disease of the heart Hridrogam Hridrogam It means calm, desire And it is said in Bhagavad If you hear about Krishna's uh, pastimes with the gopis which seem to be about kama, but are not. Therefore, he uses the word Vishnu. Vikritim Vrajabhudvir idam cha Vishnu. This is the Vishnu's interaction with the wives of, of Braj, Braj Sundaris. means God. Vishnu means God, all pervading. If you hear about God's interaction with these gopis, it looks like karma on the outside. What will happen is, bhakti will come into your heart and it will do away with that disease of the heart. So bhakti doesn't wait for your heart to become clean to come in. She comes in anyway and gives so much impetus, impetus to clean the heart. Krishna enters the heart. Krishna Nam enters the heart. Who is Krishna Nam? Krishna. The supreme enjoyer. What does he do there? He takes up the role of a sweeper. If we think about this, you see, we become embarrassed. Krishna, Lakshmi Sahasrasatasambramasevimanu, surrounded by Lakshmis, gopis, hundreds and millions of them, ready to do anything for him at any moment. That person is non different from his name. In the form of the name, he came into your heart. And what does he do there? He becomes a bungi. Bungi like those ladies, you see them in Vrindavan, they're carrying cow dung on their head, picking it up off the street. Sweeper lady. Or they're sweeper men too. I always remember seeing the ladies. But anyway, sweeper people, sweeper caste. Krishna becomes like that. Supreme enjoyer goes into your heart like a sweeper. It's embarrassing. Therefore, Mahaprabhu said, He's embarrassed by that. And that becomes impetus then to pay attention, take advantage. So, bhakti is coming after us. And so called rules, they follow that. As bhakti starts to grow, then we want it, we become interested, then we want to do the things that will cause it to foster, to develop, to foster in our heart. And those things, those rules also, they are, they are details. Those are details. Mentioned in Bhagavatam. But read Bhagavatam. What does it say? No prostitution. You see, it can be interpreted in different ways and different gurus will interpret it in different ways and apply it in a different way for their students. These are details. Mahaprabhu said, I will not take food from the hand of any person who has not chanted 64 rounds in a day. What to do? You see, there's also detail. It's a detail. There's a principle and there are details. Details are to be adjusted to deliver the principle. No gambling. Yeah, that is also literal, but I give a different explanation. You have to live honest living. 
no cheating. You have to live. Honest labor, that will purify your heart, you see. An honest day's whatever type of employment. And the more the employment is something that's meaningful and essential also, the more power it will have in an ordinary sense to cleanse your heart, make you feel good about yourself. People need to feel good about themselves to live, right? And to practice bhakti. Hmm? Like your work is entertainment. That it's you cannot. It's an essential for human society. As extraneous as it may appear at times, but it's actually an essential part of the, of human life. So work hard at that. Be the best that you can. That's my advice to you. Don't be bewildered in your mind. I'm doing this, but I want to be a devotee. The two don't go together. They go together. Why not? Just follow my advice. Be the best you can in that. That's where your heart is. You want to do that? Do it nicely. Krishna will help you. He's already helping you. Your work is blessed, so do it. Be successful. And be a devotee of Krishna. Don't give it another thought. So these are anyway details. No intoxication, no gambling, no prostitution. You don't do that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not thus far. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no meanness to innocent people and things. So we can make it more expansive, and more pertinent, or it can be contracted and less specific and all to, to help people move progressively in the right direction. That is the idea. This is what Prabhupada did. It was his determination, my Guru Maharaj. did a little different from Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, Bhakti Vinod, different, different. These are details. The important thing here is what? To be under the guidance of a Vaishnav. Someone who has real standing in bhakti. That's everything. That's all you have to worry about. Everything will come from that. Everything else is a detail. It's my own experience. So I'll share it with you. Okay. So we'll stop now. Sri Brihad Bhagavatamrita Ki Jai, Nadu Gosami Puhu Ki Jai. Jai Bhakti Vidanta Sami Prabhupada Ki Jai Bhakti Raksha Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai Shri Bhakti Vinod Paribar Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai